Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 91, recorded on June 11th, 2018. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and this week's episode, we'll be discussing the fact that Francisco Mejia is back, Eric Gonzalez might be good, Corey Kluber can't walk, uh, the Indians, they're going to have some players in the All-Star game, hopefully starting. Um, we're going to talk Tito's weird roster decisions, we'll call them for now, and we'll answer some of your questions. Uh, joining me for that and all, as what was that? Joining me... For all that and more, as always, is Let's Go Tribe writer and Indians bullpen historian at this point, uh, Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? I had a really good pithy remark to start off the podcast that I thought up like an hour and a half ago, but I completely forgot it. So, fine. You know, it's <laughs> was that, good. Was that before or after we spent like 20 minutes trying to figure out the audio before the podcast? Oh, well before. No, I had this all <laughs> set up like an hour ago, yeah. <laughs> but then I just gone. Just out of my head. My, my cat walked in front of my frame of my vision, so... There goes that everything. Well, if you remember, like halfway through, just yell it out, and then I think I will. It's, <laughs> apropos of nothing is the best way to deliver anything. <laughs> well, Merritt, we got some. Um, we were going to do it in this order for the show. I think we were going to note that um, initially our note was Roberto Perez is injured. There you go. There's a thing to talk about. Uh, but now there's kind of a bigger, bigger detail to it. Francisco Mejia is back. He's already called again. Um, he played briefly at the end of last season, just part of as expanded rosters. He wasn't much of a contributor for the 2017 Indians, but he's here again this year. I don't think he's going to do a whole lot this year, or right now anyway. Um, he was called up. Evan Marshall was optioned. He's, in all sense of the word, replacing Roberto Perez for a little bit, even though Roberto Perez is still on the bench and injured. He's one of three players, um, Edwin Encarnacion, Jason Kipnis, and obviously Perez, who were all injured and on the bench, which we can talk about in a minute too, but um, he is here. He, he had a slow start to the season. He's hitting really well lately. Um, so what do you think of this? Now we got an interesting... I'm just happy it's a transaction that isn't signing a reliever to a minor league deal. So I'll take anything. But how do you feel about Francisco Mejia being here? What is the point of the 10-day DL at this point? Why, why does he even exist? One of these men must have to go in the 10-day DL. One of them. You can't do I that mean, when you need 17 relievers. You've got to have every one of those relievers. I mean, seriously. this is I don't know. I, I, I just assumed that they were going to put – like when they had Austin Devin Marshall, I was like, why? Why? He's not good, but – at least one living arm is needed in the bullpen now and again. It's cool having Mejia back and everything, but as I wrote with uh, in advance of uh, Shane Bieber's first start, this is just all you know. It's all solving problems that don't exist with the Indians. The one thing they do have is an offense, and I mean it's cool. It's super cool. I'm very. I, I feel like I'm poo pooing a little bit, um, but I just, I just, I just want a pitcher. I guess I just want. I just, I just want a relief pitcher that can throw more than 92 miles an hour with any movement at all on his fastball and a, and a good breaking ball. I see so many pitching gifts now on Twitter and stuff of these relievers with balls that just, ugh. And instead, we just get another catcher, which, again, I'm, he's going to be great. I, I feel like I'm being negative here. It's it's cool, and I, I, hope, I hope hopefully he gets consistent playing time. I think that's the, the real key here, right? Like, I hope he gets back-to-back days of playing and full games and chance to actually be behind the plate. I think a lot would have to go. I mean, if I don't want to put words in your mouth, you're poo-pooing the fact that it's happening now, right? Not that it's well, media just, coming I, up. It's not. I, I, I want to stop short of saying I don't really care because <laughs> it's it's cool. Again, it's it's fun to see another prospect, but uh, I'm still a little bummed that Bradley Zimmer is not on the team. Um, I know he wasn't hitting very well at all, but I I don't know. I'm just a big Bradley Zimmer fan, I guess. Uh, and again, the, the the bullpen in particular has been occupying too much of my of my mind space 
for me to really be super jacked about um, Mejia. Well, and plus, we already we already saw him once, so I mean, yeah. it's not like it's it's, <laughs> it's some shiny new thing. He's just he's back again. Yeah, and I'd also take. I mean, I'll I'll throw in the I don't care hat just because I don't think he's going to be here very long and do much this time up. This feels very much like a. He's just going to be here for a couple series until Roberto is either healed or goes on the DL, and then they maybe do something else for long term. But I can't imagine getting a lot of playing time out of this because Jan Gomes is going to just keep playing more than anything. Yeah, and then Mejia's just be on the bench. Maybe get a start at catcher. Maybe start somewhere else because of Edwin's injury. I mean, there's like, a lot of weird know. things they can do, but I don't think he's going to be a permanent catcher just because he's called up because Roberto Perez got drilled in the hand. And I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I, I can't even think of other things that having it's just because you do need to have a backup catcher i guess but yeah my cat's trying to drink my water get out of there um <laughs> well you need a backup catcher but apparently you don't need more than two players on the bench <laughs> right because exactly. i think right now it's just mejia and davis right yeah and yeah. i mean i don't even know what's wrong with what was it, like a hamstring thing with with edwin or something like that i don't know if, it's something all legs related. That was yeah. yeah it's all it's all that's the thing it's all minor stuff that just Keeping these guys out for a couple of days. I think Edmund's back tomorrow. Um, Manning was saying during the broadcast tonight. And but again, with, especially with the Perez thing, I don't understand the role of the ten-day DL if not for specifically your catcher is in a he's not going to be able to play baseball for a week and a half. That's ten days. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at some point, does this go back to the Indians? I mean, is this overreacting to it? But the fact that they seem to bring so many people back that are injured and then just. They get re-injured, like Andrew Miller and Michael Brantley seemed like he was that for a while. Is this? Mm-hmm. I don't want to say they're terrible about dealing with injuries, but they always seem to have these these relapses from injuries, and they're not using the DL now. They're just kind of leaving them out there, and oh, they'll play whenever. They'll heal. They'll be fine, but I think maybe a DL stint would be nice here and there. I just, especially with the, like, like with Miller, I suppose, and, and, and guys like Brantley, when, when they were hurt, what, last year? Or when, when it, whatever time he was hurt. They were counting on them so much too, so it was obviously a present thing. They, 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 they're counting much. That's the weird thing. They count much less on Perez because they ha, they effectively have two starting catchers. Even if neither even neither of them can hit, both are starting caliber. At least I don't understand again of not the not putting him on the disabled list, if only because I'd rather have two healthy guys like that than one and then one who's you know kind of decrepifying before our eyes. I don't think I don't think Gomes is going to break down in the next. 20 25 games if he has to catch all of them and then of course you have to have spot starts with with, with Mejia but I don't know again it, it, it almost seems like I don't know what, what's the point of bringing Mejia up surely they have some other catcher they could just bring up just to just to be a warm body if that's really the only reason he's there I don't know I I, I think have the idea of having him around the uh the, the major leagues and I'm putting quotes around all that it just seems overrated because what's that going to do for his development except keep him from getting consistent at bats um yeah this is like one or two games and then just i guess seeing i don't know what else does he need to see in the majors compared to just playing every day but no exactly and like yeah. and again you you know i mean what what is two games what is two games to any player ever in the major league it's no no two games except maybe wally pip has ever made or broken a man's you know career so yeah i don't know it's again. It's cool, and I hope that we get to see him. We won't get to see him more than. <laughs> but you can you know, hope you f- all you want. You figure he's around for, if he's around for three weeks, he'll probably get fifteen at bats or twenty at bats or something like that, which would be cool. But yeah, whatever. I don't know. 
So it's kind I, of and I, I want them to find a pitcher. All right, that's all. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm <laughs> thinking about these days, and it's bugging the hell out of me. Well, I think it's worth. I don't because um, we had the the week off from the podcast here, so we didn't get to really talk about it. But uh, your boy Neil Ramirez, uh, you can take a victory lap on him real quick because you kind of called that, and now he's he's pretty okay. He's one of the ones who's kind of like saving the Indians bullpen. It's kind of just luck, but. I think I mean, there's you your know, picture yeah, right there, right? Like you, you look at his numbers and they're, they're, they don't blow your mind. And again, uh, it's all it's all just sample size. It's laws, but I, I hate to bring up Mickey Callaway in this situation, but during, during a post game the other day, he was talking about how he knows guys will start hitting for the Mets. He's like, "Well, first of all, the law of averages says they have to," and I just thought that was a great answer. So like, I'll, yeah. I'll just go with that. Like the law of averages says that Neil Ramirez is not going to give up a million runs every time he comes out. Um, I think he's yeah. I, I think a lot of the guys in the bullpen are obviously better than what the numbers look like right now. But hey, it's cool to see one of them actually doing it. I don't feel that great about it because it's still just Neil Ramirez. I don't think he's going to suddenly morph into another Jeff Manship type. It'd be cool if he did. But yeah. again, we I need another month month of this. I need his ERA to look like it's underneath under five or something or whatever it is now. You know, like even though I don't really, it's hard to care about ERA when it comes to relievers, still having low numbers there is always more satisfying than high numbers. But anyway, thank you, Matt. Uh, there's a <laughs> there, there's a reason you have me on the staff, and it's because of my insightful <laughs> ideas and opinions. It was just to write about Neil Ramirez. By the way, you're fired. So this is your last podcast. Thanks for writing. well. I had a great run, and I think I will send that to the Hall of Fame and have it rejected immediately. All right. <laughs> But I also want to say, like, Mickey Calloway, I hope he's only saying, oh, it's just a law of averages in a press conference. Because I think the law of averages works because it's still everybody trying to fix everything and they fix it at the right time. Right. I hope he isn't in, like, batting practice and, like, oh, you're missing everything. It's law of averages. You'll hit it eventually. Oh, you know. I, mean, <laughs> I just. Uh, the... that, that's the kind of thinking you think of, like, after the fact. I don't want my manager just thinking, oh, the law no. of averages, it's fine. And, and especially <laughs> in a. In a... In, in the New York media, that doesn't fly well. It was, it was it was the worst answer one could possibly give, and <laughs> it was it was very funny to hear because the it was played it was played during the Mike Francesa show, and you could just hear him laughing in the background because he's like, "This is this is this, is, this guy's just blowing it." It's it's very sad to see everything going so wrong for poor Mickey, but yeah, it's it's everything. He also kind of I'm not he I mean he basically threw Cleveland under the bus. He's like, "What was it about the pressure in New York?" So this isn't Cleveland. Like, wow, okay, Mickey, cool. You're well, not wrong, but he's <laughs> right. Make it nice. I mean, yeah. geographically, you know, <laughs> they're both next to water, I guess. But still, I could, I could see how you can make that mistake sometimes. <laughs> so, kind of also related to injuries, um, we're getting a, a, a longer glimpse again at one Mr. Eric Gonzalez. Um, this kind of goes back to when the Indians had to, they had that decision between Gonzalez and Urshel, and there was a doubleheader day where Gonzalez just went off, and the Toronto Blue Jays might have saved his Indians' career there. If not for that, he might be playing on the Blue Jays instead of Urshela. Um, but I wrote today about Gonzalez and the fact that, I mean, he's probably the real deal at something. <laughs> you can define that whatever you want to be. He's probably not going to be Jose Ramirez, but he can maybe be a, a competent everyday second baseman. He might just be a utility bench guy, but whatever he's doing, he seems like he's going to do it pretty well. Um, I kind of like dug around in numbers. He hits the ball really hard. Um, he plays, he's literally played every position for the Indians so far, every outfield position, at least once, like one inning, every infield position, but catcher. The only thing he hasn't done is played or had catch or played catcher. So, or pitched or played catcher. So he's done about everything. Um, but the really only thing that's going to hold Gonzalez back in the long run is just the fact that he cannot make contact. Um, he has 185 plate appearances. Contact rate is 67%, which is not 
what you'd call good. <laughs> That's around mm. like what Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton at. But the the few times they make contact, they also hit the ball seven hundred feet. So right. I don't know if Gonzalez is going to survive the way he hits, but. He's good now. He hits a bunch of doubles. He does hit all over the field. So when he does make contact, that's a big that's a big plus for him. I think he's not a pole hitter or anything. So, how do you feel about Eric Gonzalez? Is he is he good? Should he be replacing Jason Kipnis soon, or just kind of leaving him on the bench somewhere? Oh, Matt, I'll give you one number here: four seventy two. <laughs> that's not an important number. Let's skip that number. <laughs> that's his batting average on balls in play. <laughs> Uh, reminds me of another young man named uh, Tyler Naquin a couple years ago <laughs> who was, whoo, baby, was he good for a couple months there. But <laughs> suddenly the ball just stopped finding holes and suddenly became very bad. Um, I suddenly empathize with Tyler Naquin fans because I really like Eric Gonzalez. <laughs> I want him to be good. <laughs> I'm just ignoring that Bapit, damn it. Did you see the doubles? Those are good. <laughs> doubles are very good. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> shut, shut up. He's a gap-to-gap hitter. All right, jeez. <laughs> Um, I thought that his his swinging at balls out of the zone was going to be a little bit worse than it actually is. If he qualified, he'd be somewhere around the 60th highest uh, swinging at balls out of the zone, right around Michael A. Taylor and Jerickson Profar, I believe. That's some good company there. And J.D. Martinez. So, (laughs) listen... Oh, over the years, I've learned how to craft an article. And one of them is to, some call it cherry picking, sure, but whatever. Look, I mean, I I wrote about this in the beginning of the year um, when I wrote about the, the final two bench spots and how I just wanted the Indians to pick guys who are superlative at things. They did one of the two things. They picked the fastest, one of the fastest guys in baseball in Rajai Davis for one of the bench slots, and they didn't pick one of the strongest guys in baseball, and Yandy Diaz, to be their utility guy, which was a big bummer. Instead, they picked the jack-of-all-trades type. And Eric Gonzalez is going to have a long, long career because he is just that kind of player that has a long career. He doesn't do anything very well, but he does a lot of things okay. And he'll have these runs like now where he just hits the ball in a lot of different directions. I saw him hit a home run last year. I mean, it looked pretty epic. It was coming right at me. It was in uh, it, was, it was at Camden Yards. It was beautiful. Uh just just a nice a nice deep shot to uh left field. But um I mean, it's going to cool off eventually. Is he better than Jason Kipnis is the real question because Kipnis looks terrible. Yeah. Uh and he just looks really bad. Everything is going wrong for that poor man and it's as great it is as it is to see Brantley just really shake off any rust and anything and reassume his, you know, excellence. Seeing Jason Kittens be as bad as he is is depressing. And it, there's a reason why we keep on talking about trades for, like, Manny Machado and things like that, even though it's probably not going to happen. But, I mean, I didn't read that article you wrote today. I'll be honest with you. I had to work. <laughs> I was at work. I saw the headline. I was like, I should, I should read that. And then it got busy. <laughs> no, I basically, but, I, I told the fence on it. The first, at first it was going to be, before I really looked at things, it was going to be how great Eric Gonzalez is and all this stuff. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's Bapip. Oh, yeah, he can't. <laughs> you know what? He could be okay at anything. I do think, oh, though, he could be like a really good utility player. But Dude, I wrote that fine. same exact article like six months ago because I was like, well, his average exit velocity really isn't that bad. I mean, no, he, you know, you, 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 you up that launch angle a few ticks and bing, bang, boom. You know, you got the same, <laughs> he's got the same numbers as Mike Trout. Exit velocity is a flawed statistic <laughs> is what I've decided. So, I don't know. I mean, again, he's a great guy to have around because, like you said, he plays th- two or three positions. 
I like having him in MLB the show because you know, sometimes I need to give Francisco Lindor a rest or would you, whoever. Would you like a stinger for like every MLB the show? I think every episode has had one so far. Well, I play it an awful lot. All right? <laughs> I probably play that more than I watch baseball, which after a while you'll realize that informs a lot on, what I, on how I write and what I write about. Mostly pitching because I do a lot of pitching. And no one actually hits 75 home runs before the All-Star break, so I can't write about hitting. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm just, you know, if you, if you don't do that. What is foreign then, thing in baseball? Yeah. I mean, well, why aren't these guys better? Just, you know, just aim at the lower half of the zone and then you'll be, and you'll be fine. <laughs> just go down with the stick and up and over just to the right. You're good. <laughs> it's not that hard. I do anyway, think. I, uh, go ahead. You oh, go ahead. I was, I was going to trail off about Eric Gonzalez for a few minutes there. but <laughs> Well, that's what I was going to do, too, is just the, like with the trade deadline coming up, people are going to go nuts with, oh, Eric Gonzalez, trade him. You can get so much for him. You're not going to get anything for him. I, I really it. don't think you get much more than you got for Giovanni Urshela. Because Urshela is like a gold glove third baseman. He just can't hit. And Eric Gonzalez can maybe hit. And he's also maybe kind of good at a bunch of positions. You're not going to get much more than like cash for that. I can't imagine. No. Again, he's going to be the kind of guy who for the next 10 years signs $3 million deals to be a yeah. utility infielder for the A's and the Royals and the Mariners. And, you know, he's, he's going to follow that track, which is lucrative man i mean if i could have a career doing that whew, man you, you end up being you know very rich and happy and you get and you got to play baseball until you're 35 yeah basically the, you know it's, it's the michael martinez story all over again but i guess Hopefully with a happier ending though then oh, no. <laughs> that's the thing the, the, those those stories never have a happy or sad ending. they just kind of end and then that's yeah. it you know whatever because you realize maybe we'll go play in korea and have a latter day resurgence as, as a power hitter or something Again, be useful guy to have. I wish they had kept Yandy Diaz instead, um, but he's oh, yeah. the kind of guy you have to have around, and he's going to cool off sooner rather than later. Although, again, maybe in these small doses, maybe not, right? Like maybe just luck will be with him all year, and he'll just have a 900 OPS the entire year because he only gets like two like 200 at bats and looks like a a king the entire time. I mean, between him and Naquin, there's so much luck running around the Indians clubhouse right now. Just, like, rub them together and you can win money. I don't know how it works, but <laughs> just that's, those two combined. That's gambling for you right there. Just, <laughs> just, just, rub, just rub these two guys together and there you go. <laughs> gambling. I don't know. And I think you hit on the biggest thing is the fact that it should be Yandy Diaz. Like, we shouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> it no, should be Yandy at third, Ramirez at second. We're good to go. And, and and that's the thing too. I mean, Diaz, <laughs> he he's a, the perfect type of hitter to have an, a sky high BABIP too, because he hits a lot of grounders, but he hits them incredibly hard, and he could be having the same ex, the same exact season as Eric Gonzalez, but perhaps with a little bit more realism to it, because he just has the the raw ability to to crush baseballs, the raw biceps, if you will, the raw <laughs> those yeah, the raw biceps. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of, we didn't get to talk about it. Have you seen Francisco Lindor? That is one jack dude. Like lettuce, baby. Jeez. <laughs> That's got to so be recent, big? right? <laughs> Not, a power be a... Not a power no. hitter. Not a power hitter. Like, wow. Like, I, I, it's it's amazing to watch Jose Ramirez, the marquee power hitter of the Cleveland Indians somehow. But, I mean, Francisco Lindor, in every single way, well, while Ramirez just toils away quietly with that serious little look <laughs> on his face. I mean, Lindor is just... He's in every way the, the rock star of the team, and it's it's amazing. Again, everything he's doing is defying everything I expected him to be when he when he start. I, I just figured again he'd just be a slightly better hitting Andrew than Simmons, but instead he's maybe the most charismatic young player in baseball. And, and he can also hit and jack. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like in in no small way, like he he should be the, the one of the three or four biggest stars in baseball. He's more interesting than Mike Trout or Aaron Judge. He's better, I think, than Carlos Correa. Uh, and yeah, he's just fun. Yeah. This is the kind of guy who's just he's everything the ambassador ambassador for baseball should be, and and he's got them GQ looks too. It it, it all works, you know. That kind of leads into our next thing here. Um, the Indians, they're gonna, there's going to be voting for the All-Star Game. In previous years, uh, me and Jason talked about this a lot, is the fact that it doesn't matter how good the Indians are, people just don't vote for them. There's so many more popular players. But I don't think that's the case anymore. I think Lindor is is clearly one of the most popular second basemen. I, Korea's, Korea Korea's probably going to beat him out just because he's on the Astros, and he is more popular. But there's a lot of good arguments to make for him over Correa. There's there's arguments for Ramirez at third base. There's there's a lot of arguments for Brantley in the outfield. Obviously, Kluber to start. That one's not a fan vote, but that should still probably happen. Um, yeah. What are your what are your predictions for the All Star game to start here? Who if Honestly, you just had to I, nail down a couple people to start? I I think that it's closer than you than, than you're suggesting with in terms of Lindor starting. I I mean, well, I think it's it, very close. Like I'm just, just it could happen. That's. I I think it's I think that will happen honestly I I think he's too MLB is finally getting its head out of its ass as far as marketing players and they're picking the right ones at least it's sad that the best one the best player is the most boring player but he'll still start because if if he doesn't start then it's a travesty but after that I think that Lindor I think he'll start I don't think Ramirez will start because wait who's starting third instead of Ramirez start over him. That's what I'm I trying think Ramirez to think. is Who's pretty the much third? a lock over there, right? You think? I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, he, the problem with Jose Ramirez, I don't mean this in any mean or you know shitty way. He has one of the most generic names on earth, and I <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. it's, I just, it, it's, it, he's hard to vote for because, hell, I picked the wrong Jose Ramirez when I'm searching for him on Baseball Reference <laughs> half the time. There's it's two of the them. 2013 one. It's always the 2013 <laughs> one, the pitcher for the Braves. Um, now, if you want to know Jose's competition here at third base, he's got yeah, Matt yeah. Chapman, Eduardo Escobar, um, Heimer Candelario, Ooh. Alex Bregman, and Mike Moustakis. Oh, Bregman. Bregman's going to start over him. No, that is not. No. Uh, no. He, he's, the, he's the World Series hero. Wait, you can't say Korea or Korea. God damn it. Korea is whatever the frick his name is. Correa is not going to start over Lindor and then put Bregman over. I think that Lindor is a bigger star than Carlos Correa. I, he's the one being marketed by by Major League Baseball, not Jose Ramirez. Which again, a travesty. <laughs> Jose Ramirez is, is incredible. He should be in the, in the in the home run derby. I mean, so you're taking a pure stardom lean then for all star voting. I mean, that's not a, a bad position to take. But. Yes, it's. I mean, come on, again, it's it's it's, it's all fan voting. It's it's all stardom and marketing anyway. Okay, uh, that's fair. Yeah, no, I, I think that. I, I mean, Lindor has already had a couple marquee moments this year. That home run down in Puerto Rico, I and mean, that was a, that was a big deal. He's crushing the ball, and again, he's very cool. And I think he was on a he was on some kind of magazine cover recently. I think that counts. <laughs> Although it could also be like the Mike Trout effect at third base because Ramirez is just so much better than everybody else. Like, do you think even I mean, Bregman, he's way yeah, better? That's <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. He could just, I mean, he could just beat the door down and just be like, no, I'm. I mean, if you're when you're when you're that head and shoulders above everyone else, it's. And when do they announce impossible. the home run derby? So what if he gets in? That could help his popularity a lot. Just how many people are yeah. going to talk about that? The fact that this I want, whole. I think they, they they probably announce it after voting's over though. You know, it's really going to piss me off is if he gets in and then wins it and then he he only ends up hitting. 
40 home runs this year after hitting 25 in the first half. It's like, yeah, come on. He's <laughs> tacked back to normal. Oh, no. Like, yeah. geez. Oh, you know who else is a third baseman? Raphael Devers. Remember that guy? Remember how do. big of a deal he was? He's going to get a lot of votes. He's awful. Is he bad now? He's real bad. <laughs> I haven't really paid attention to the Reds. He has a 79 WRC+. Plus. He's real oh, bad. Oh, goodness. Ooh, he bad. <laughs> He's like the worst hitting third baseman right now. He's bad now. Oh, no. <laughs> but there's... There's a lot of crappy third basemen in the American <laughs> League. Gee, is Isaiah Kiner Falifa, who is my favorite name in baseball. That's not a real name. No, you can't say that. <laughs> that's what I say about Candelario. That's clearly that's a Pokemon. That's not a real name. That is the best name in baseball. <laughs> Candelario or a kind of Candelario. <laughs> that's so much fun to say. I love it. Uh, and what do you, what do you think about pitcher? I mean, it's not a fan vote for pitchers. I think Corey Kluber is is oh, pretty close to starting. Baseball. Jason so I think he should. I think he should start. Yes. Over Verlander, you think? Uh, yeah. 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 Fuck Justin Verlander. Sorry, are we allowed to swear? <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? You know, there, there's been episodes where we don't swear at all, and I put them on YouTube, and then it gets demonetized. The, the video is literally just this picture in the background and us talking, and it's still somehow it's because of the, you know, that's literally pennies that I'm losing every episode from YouTube. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Corey Kluber is probably going to start, or if not, he'll be second. Um, no, I mean it'll probably, honestly it'll probably be Verlander. Verlander's having such a stupid season right now, yeah, but I he's still got the story on his side because he's so damn old. Yeah, I just I still think Corey Kluber's better, and, and the only one person who's better than him is Max Scherzer. So, yeah, you know I those two Max trained Scherzer. together in the off or trained at the same uh, uh, gym in the off season. Kluber and Scherzer. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a video of him just playing catch one day. That's awesome. That's it was so just a, cool. a candid, I don't think it was like a promotion. It was just somebody saw him in the park playing catch and took a picture of it. Dude, I, I can't get over that personal trainer. He has what like five Cy Youngs on his wall now, or something <laughs> like that. Like it's crazy. It's why isn't he more successful? I don't know. <laughs> Man, Ramirez is having an incredible year. Golly. I told you, right? Did you just not realize that when you were... I, you, know, you, just, you watch him every day, and you, yeah. you don't really look at the stats a whole ton because you're busy trying to find a, a good a, a good thing in the, in the pit that is the, <laughs> the relief core. Just imagine and you get to watch will... Zach Cozart every day, and then you get to watch Ramirez once. Uh, and you get, that's, exactly. Or yeah. Eugenio Suarez. Oh, that's the best name. <laughs> That's the best name. Never mind. <laughs> He's having a pretty good year too. Yeah. So, um, so what do we think of Trevor Bauer um, in the All Star game? That's not a fan I, vote either. But is he? Is it the point where players and coaches and managers don't want to vote for him either? And no, I mean he has to. He's. I don't. I, th- that I wouldn't understand because he's having. I mean, he's arguably arguably better than Kluber by FIP just because he hasn't given up as many home runs, but he strikes out more people too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, I mean, just in so many measures, he's one of the, I would say one of the five best pitchers in the American League, probably, right? Oh, cool. yeah, fact, yeah. Verlander, Cole, Kluber, I guess uh, um, Severino, maybe? Severino's up there, yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at, just real quick at the, just the wins of every replacement of Fangraph. Chris Sale would be there, too, maybe, Paxton. But at that point, I mean, he's he has to make it on the... Oh, I mean, yeah. I guess you have to start thinking about uh, bullpen guys, too, Do they though. do five starters in the All-Star game? I really follow the All-Star game really closely, so. And obviously, you know. <laughs> I don't know well, if they do five starters and just use them all a little bit. I know they use they, a bunch of pitchers. They used to just get the get a whole bunch of good pitchers, so and it would, so it would be, almost be almost all starters and then, like, one closer. But now, because relievers have, have gotten to such prominence now, that's going to fill up eight slots, too. So, yeah, but they, they should do five. I think they do at least five starters, though. And then after that, it's just kind of a hit or miss, you know, whoever's whoever's basically better or more famous. 
Yeah. So I would think that Bauer would have one of those five. I mean, yeah. he's having a, a, a non-Kluber, Cy Young caliber season, you know? So I think anyway. He's so good. Oh, <laughs> and he's so, so fun to watch, too. Kluber's like, Kluber's oh. just mechanical and he does it and he wins, but Bauer does all these, like, his curveballs are so fun to watch and he's just, just crazy he's, going to win. So glad I'm not watching the game right now because <laughs> Carlos Carrasco's been giving me headaches all year now. <laughs> yeah, what's happened to that? I'm glad Trevor Bauer's Carlos Carrasco now, but. He's better than Carlos Carrasco's ever been, too, is the best part. Yeah. I don't know. I, someone pointed this out. I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was just on, like, the. The Wahoo's TP subreddit or something like that. How he's shit about maybe it's because uh, Callaway's there or something, not there anymore or something. Because his game has always been so, you know, his his mental state seems to be have such a sway over. Hey, Brantley hit a home run. Uh, his mental state has had, always had held such a sway over how he plays. I wonder if that's actually is happening here. Because that's the thing we don't ever really talk about. You know, like there's so, there's guys like Kluber on the team who are so just mentally and just ironclad, and then. I mean, we forget about the Carlos Carrasco being suspended for headhunting and uh, all the weird crap that happened in 2013 and 14 and stuff that used to give Eric or Rick Manning just conniption fits. But I want him to be good again. He's pitching good tonight, but he's pitching against the White Sox. So <laughs> that doesn't really count now. I'm just I'm just not sure what's going on. You know. I, I, because I wrote about that the other day, right? Which is about what, what's going on with his uh, just with his season. And like you look at his bad starts, and they're all primarily against good hitting teams, and all his good his best starts are against crappy teams. And that and that's the truth for so many pitchers. And you find a happy average somewhere in the middle. His happy average ends up being literally exactly average. But <laughs> yeah, one would hope that he could actually kind of figure out what he's doing. But I, I, and I, I mentioned this, and I'm wondering what you think, because I think this is true of him. He doesn't throw the best single pitch of anyone on the team, but he probably has the best c- combination of very good pitchers of anyone on the team. Am I just talking out my butt when I say that? Because it's something I firmly <laughs> believe about Carlos Carrasco. Um, I've always just seen him as like a one or two or three pitch guy. I've never seen him as like a really the best I've combination always, of everything. I've always seen him because his fastball is very good, and his sinker is pretty good, and he's got a he's got probably the second best true curve on like a 12-6 curve on the team because they have Trevor Bauer and his slider is probably the third best now on the team and I just feel like that that combination of those four pitches which he throws an awful like his his comment is prior to this year and he'd always throw everything at least like 15% of the time it seemed like so it was a nice you know he he was hard to I guess he was like a really really good garbage pitcher basically yeah but I don't know I just it's something I've always I've always thought about him and I and I mentioned it Whenever I write about him, pretty much about this, his nice collection of pitches, and I just wonder if people, if other people actually believe that or if I'm just. <laughs> well, I feel like that was Trevor Bauer for the longest time, but now he's got like three really good pitches he can use, so he's not yeah. just the throwing junk out there everywhere pitcher. That's true. I mean, he was always fiddling around with this. I mean, he was he was so very much fastball curveball, but he always, always like, he had that two seamer for a while, and then a changeup that shows up every. Looking at at, at particularly Trevor Bauer's uh, like his Brooks baseball charts of year to year pitch oh, usage. <laughs> Just weird little like blips. You're like, what the hell yeah. was that? Like, throwing a splitter for like six months or something like that. Like, it's very strange to look at how he's he's just adjusted how he pitches. Over and then the he years. stole he that just... pitch from Kluber, and that's another one mm-hmm. that showed up this year. And yeah, yeah. oh, it's yeah. quite something. <laughs> so the other All Star thing, um, I don't know if you saw it today because you're at work, but uh, the Indians put out a video for Michael Brantley, who, by the way, should be in the running in the all in the outfield. Um, oh, hands down. Yeah, but it was it was basically that uh, Aaron Judge steals candy from kids and Michael Brantley gives king-size candy bars. 
It was like a real PSA kind of thing. It was really neat. Well, I thought it was right. mainly funny because that's that's literally the thing I told my kids when they asked why we don't cheer for the Yankees. Because they've asked, like, I, I tell them those are the bad guys. That's the only team. The rest of them are all just teams playing, and it's fine. But but the Yankees are bad guys. We live in New York, but they need to know that <laughs> they are mean people. I've told them that. They like, are they mean. Steal- they're all... They're sinister. That's they true. They You're not lying candy. to your children, here, Matt. You're not lying at all. Well, <laughs> the Yankees are bad people. Well, see, I got the general feeling of them, right? Because they don't understand the fact that they have a huge advantage with a salary and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. They just know they're evil. So I'm equating it to children. that They steal your toys in the middle of the night, and they come in, and they swoop in and take it. So You're a good father. <laughs> so they know when they see the Yankees logo, that is a sign of a bad person, mm-hmm. which in New York. I the like the f- first day I told them that they saw one somebody wearing a, a Yankees jersey. I'm like, is that a bad person wearing that? Like, yes. <laughs> no, no, yes, no. Yes, it They're, is. They, they might just be misguided. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna assume bad just to be safe. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Living in New York is fun. It's great. It, it is fun commiserating or not commiserating, but uh, laughing at Mets fans with Yankees fans. That's always fun. Poor Mets fans. My friend's a Mets fan. I mean, at least the tickets are cheap. Not even that cheap, though, is the problem. They have to go all the way out to Flushing, it's sad. I do think Brantley should start, though. Well, not start, but he should be... Well, I mean, start? Well, well, no, maybe not start, because... Definitely not start, actually. I just realized Mookie Betts is a person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah. Betts, Trout, and Judge, probably. There's no... Right, there's exactly. No breaking I mean, through that. Whether fan vote or just, just raw talent, like, that's, just, that's only fair, but Brantley should definitely make the All-Star game. I mean, he's oh, having yeah. an incredible season. Like, it's... The fact that he's the third best hitter on the team right now is awesome. And once again, fulfills my, or continues my, they really don't need Francisco Mejia here thing at all because they don't, I don't, I don't know. I just, the, it seems pointless, but. Well, I mean, Brantley, Brantley's the third best hitter, but after him, it just drops off so incredibly far. <laughs> I mean, Edwin's, he's, he's heating up, so he's a little better now, but yeah. Yonder Alonso's inconsistent. The third and fourth highest players by fan drafts war right now are Tyler Naquin and Eric Gonzalez. Oh, that about tells you how the lineup is because Kipnis is awful. Greg Allen has not been great. Bradley Zimmer, as we both know, has not been up to what he should be. So it's a weird look. But they I mean, they have a third of like all all star lineups, so you can't really complain too much about it. Um, At what point do we start getting worried about um, what's his name, uh, Yonder Alonso? Is this always kind of just who he is? He's just a streaky guy, and you just hope the higher streaks are better than the lower, and they come in the yeah. playoffs. And that's kind of how his season worked out last year, too, huh? And, I mean, truth be told, like, the last year this time we were having the same exact conversation about Carlos Santana, who had a dreadful first half and then had a very good second half, so. Which he's doing uh, again right now, isn't he? Yeah, but, and again, you look at, you look at the, the more raw numbers, the, you know, your, your various stat cast numbers, and he's hitting the ball very hard. But, again, what does that mean? Who knows? You can hit the ball very hard all day, every day, and it just it can still go the wrong way. Like if you hit it straight up all the time, it's just not it's not going to work, man. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> or sorry. Or if you Yandy Diaz, it straight into the dirt every single play. It's straight down. <laughs> Negative seven degree launch angle. What the hell are you doing out there? <laughs> Three at bats in a row, nonetheless. He just digs a hole. He hits it so hard, just it goes into the ground. So he actually gets a, a base hit, but because they have to dig it out of the ground, he's so strong. So we have something very important we need to talk about here. Um, Go on. Corey Kluber might not be a human. We joke about it. It's fun. Ha ha. Corey Kluber, robot. It's a great joke. Um, he hasn't walked anybody since May 8th. Right. It's <laughs> a crappy joke, On top by of the everything it's else he does. Joke, but yeah. What is the robot thing? It's a terrible joke. <laughs> I love the clue bot. You don't like the clue bot? Well, thing? I know. It's just, I, 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 it's, 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 
It's been so long. It's been beaten, <laughs> beaten to death, and then resurrected, and then turned into a cyborg. Robots never die. And then, and then thrown into into some molten lava, <laughs> and it gave me a thumbs up, and it crawled back out of the molten lava. Other Terminator uh, references. <laughs> it's just such a simple, appear. effective nickname for Kluber. That's why I like it. So no, really no, I know. Uh, <laughs> no, it's incredible though, right? Like yeah. I don't know. I know guys are being more aggressive with him now. Like you, you look at the swing, uh, the swing rates against him now, as opposed to previous years, because it makes sense to you. The only way you can get at him, the only way you've ever been able to get him in the last couple of years was attack him early in counts. But now that he's throwing that cutter as much as he is, he's getting more weak contact that way. Is he's throwing? He's only throwing like thirty percent th- like true fastballs now. That's ridiculous. Is it? Is it maybe he's uh, training so with it, his max he's basically. Guy? I don't know. I mean, I think this is just him actualizing his his best stuff. His cutter's always been very good, it, but it's just it at times it was inconsistently good. If that makes it. I know in, in terms of pitch value and stuff, it was always a very highly rated pitch. But his, but he just he's really just he's down to the mid thirties at best when it comes to fastballs. And no, I know Scherzer throws a shitload of fastballs. I mean. So not a lot, a lot, but he still throws like high forties. But when you can throw ninety six miles an hour in the eighth inning, you you, you do that. But Kluber <laughs> yeah. is I, his, his pitches all just you know they they nest very nicely together. Like he, he can throw the cutter and then he can throw a slider, so it's like he's throwing that that cutter, but then it just breaks an extra seven feet or whatever. So he's incredible now, and I think the the aggression and the fact that he's throwing the cutter more allows for more ground ball outs and more. Oh, actually, he's getting a lot of fly ball outs. That hits the the higher home run rate, but. It's got to be it. The book now must be attack now because he throws so many attack early because he throws so many balls in the strike zone and so often it's the only way you can get him and it's not working anyway. Yeah, it is weird though. He's he's so good this year, but the home runs are way up. Like that's why his FIP is way lower compared to a lot of pitchers because he he's not walking anybody. He's not striking out quite as much, but he's just giving up like Josh Tallman light amount of home runs. I, like, I I don't remember because I I just know his fly ball rate is way up from past years. I don't know if. His like home run per fly ball rate is you know just because if you're going to get more fly balls he's going to give up more home runs but I'm going to check that real quick actually because now I'm curious <laughs> I already did and it's higher oh is it <laughs> it's gone well, up like every year he had the one um, 2014 it was really low and then it's gone steadily up every year so I don't know what's going on there but his ground ball rate isn't exactly dropping either mm-hmm. yeah it's and his what, highest ground ball rate ever right now really it's just so simply it, I guess balls that are up are happening out more yeah. The I wonder too because if if you're throwing more, a poorly thrown slider is easier to hit, or a th- poorly thrown breaking ball is easier to hit out of the park than a poorly thrown fastball because it's slower and just doesn't break right. It just kind of spins there and then gets hit real hard. So maybe he's throwing more of those, so there's just a higher chance of them not being thrown well. Well, if it's the same amount of chance of not being thrown well, then he, yeah, right. That makes sense. Yeah, he's just, he's just he's just throwing. The, if if three percent of all of his sliders are thrown poorly, but he's throwing more than ever. That's three. That's you know six every three games instead of three every three games or whatever. So yeah. you know maybe they get hit real hard. That's that's the only thing I could think. Yeah, it's yeah. just let's let's rely on your playing experience now. Um, <laughs> MLB the show. Yeah, this, this, Imagine going like over a month without walking anybody pitching. It's it's incredible. No, it's like, <laughs> it's crazy. why why is he winning games while doing this too? Because look at the guys who he's 
like on the leaderboards with too. It's like Paul Bird, guys <laughs> who just got crushed at the time. Like guys who were just they had to get by and pitch like you know, basically you know, guys like Josh Tomlin who have to throw strikes and trick you. But Kluber just has such wipeout stuff that uh, it's crazy. Yeah, Tomlin's the proof that you can have a really low walk rate and still be awful. I mean, he has. Yeah, exactly. I think he has the lowest walk rate in like the last 50 years, and he's not good. <laughs> so. He's got the walk rate of someone in the, from the 1920s, except he yeah. pitches like it's the 1920s. So. <laughs> so the last thing I wanted to talk about before we get into social media questions, um, yeah, we were going to make questions. it basically like a, a, a general Tito's roster decisions, but we kind of talked about the bullpen already. The main thing I wanted to talk about is uh, his usage of Cody Allen, which is it's so freaking weird. On Saturday night, um, it was basically talked about that that Tito had said before the game, Cody Allen's not going to pitch. We're not going to use him. And then the game went into overtime. They ended up using him for some overtime. reason. Overtime? Or hey. <laughs> extra over. <laughs> it went to extra over. It went to overtime. You know, I've played a lot of Rocket League, so you know what? While you're playing, I won't be the show. <laughs> I play Rocket League. Um, it went to extra innings. Ended up using him. He blew the game predictably. I mean, not because he sucks, because he pitched like four games in a row, which yeah. is ridiculous. But I, I wouldn't mind that so much. But then they also talked about the fact that that Cody Allen probably talked his way into the game, which is kind of concerning if if your pitcher can can pitch so much and then just talk to his manager and his manager's like, yeah, sure, go for it. I'm not managing. Law of averages, whatever. Um, there you go. <laughs> it, his, his bullpen usage is just so weird this year. There's been so many times he's he's left somebody in for one or two hitters, they get on base, he brings in a reliever, and then the reliever melts down. Yeah. I don't know why he doesn't just bring in clean relievers to start an inning if you're, if you're just going to give up on the other pitcher that quick. There's just been so many – I mean, a, a huge part of it is bullpen is just bad. That's fine. But I don't think Tito is helping it with basically anything he's done this year. He's just a really good manager having a bad a bad year, I think, to this point. Just pulling the wrong levers at the wrong times when the past years he's done exactly the right thing all the time. And I and one of the things people like – you know, like the things that they talk about with him is he, you know, he trusts his players to do things and he wants them to feel like he trusts them. So that combined with the fact that he has to – ride starters until they start to fade. And unfortunately, that means going into the seventh and eighth inning with guys when normally he'd pull them out after the sixth. But as to the Allen thing, I mean, it just seems, first of all, shouldn't he be in the bullpen? How can he talk to the manager? <laughs> he has smoke Doesn't signals? Doesn't that phone go, go one way? Like, <laughs> I think if you want to talk to your manager, you'll find a way. Like, Can't no, they go? I no, I guess it's not tunnels. Like. <laughs> I can imagine Cody Alley sprinting out between innings. (laughs) I want to pitch! (laughs) And then he runs back. (laughs) Um, He sends little notes with with each reliever that goes out. Please, sir, let me pitch. (laughs) Another another dispatch from the field, sir. (laughs) He's just sending him like Snapchats of sad faces and please let me in, Tito. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, it's just it's concerning. It's it's. I think that's another case. You know, as. As we talked about with them riding the relievers too hard, they only have one, you know, one legitimate reliever right now. Or riding the starters too hard, they only have one legitimate reliever right now, so they have to use him at, not as much as possible, but they have to rely on him more than in the past because the two other guys relied on so much are gone, whether to the other team or the DL, and everyone else is terrible. So it's just again, yes, and I think the issue is. I think it's a combination of two things. Maybe not having having someone who has a tra- has created a track record. I, I mean, I'm, again, I don't know Carl Willis, and I, I hate how every time I start talking about the bullpen, I start bad-mouthing Carl Willis, but <laughs> I, 
I don't have the same respect for Carl Willis as I do for Mickey Callaway because Mickey Callaway was he's a he's a magic man for the last four years, you know, or five or whatever, five years. One second, I'm gonna so, have Carl Willis and tell him you said he sucks. Oh, Carl Willis. <laughs> Carl Willis at Indians.com or Cleveland Indians, something like that. Carl, yeah, I don't think Carl Willis is on Twitter. Willis. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine that. Um, so I don't know, and maybe he just you know, as I was saying with how he wants guys to know that he trusts them. I think he, I think Tito just needs to be able to trust pitchers more too. And I think that's the situation with a whole lot of different players. Like, uh, there's a reason Raja Davis is back and there's a reason why, um, I don't know, something else probably. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, you know, I, I just, he's, he's, he's just, he's a, he's a, he's a man of very unlike, he's not an analytical man he's a he's a he's a gut guy and that's why it's worked so well with the combination of the the analytical stuff on in the front office i think anyway that he's able to kind of read the room much better than your average manager and unfortunately the room right now in so many different ways is terrible so the only read you get is you know bad or worse and you see a face you you're familiar with who has a history of being great in this case cody allen or Corey Kluber going eight innings when he really didn't need to at all, or Josh Tomlin still being on the team. You know, it's just, I don't know. I've kind of lost my thread here. <laughs> what do you say we have some back. questions? Hold me back, Matt, please. I'm drifting <laughs> wildly. I'm going into the drift. Don't catch the bunny. <laughs> don't chase the rabbit, whatever the hell it is. Let's answer questions, Merritt. Uh, all we right. ask you guys every every Monday on Twitter and Facebook. Send us some questions. We'll answer them. Mostly serious, mostly not. Um, some of them I am not taking this week. <laughs> this one. If you want to be able to look on Facebook, um, it'd be who looked better naked than a bunch of players. I'm not going to take that one. That's one I'm going to skip right over. <laughs> I'm going to go with why are we keeping Kipnis? I think Kathy Shallow Cleaner on Facebook meant why are we keeping Kipnis? So we'll go with that. I don't think they meant keeping. K-E-P-I-N-G. But why are we or... keeping Kipnis, Merritt? Why are we doing that? Well, I think this goes back honestly to that that, that kind of what turned into a dull ramble just a minute ago. <laughs> but you know, Franco to having guys that he trusts in and just likes and wants to be better and and has hope for them because he again he's a very nice man and he wants guys to be able to figure things out. You know, it's like uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of like how one of the things that made Phil Jackson so great was when he wouldn't call timeouts when when t- things were going poorly because he wanted his players to figure it out for themselves sometimes. And I think that's part of the reason they keep on rolling Kipnis out there. That the other reason being money, and the other the other third reason being what else are you going to do? Eric Gonzalez, we talked a few minutes ago. The magic will wear off soon or not. I don't know. Again, we we sample size is such that it is. We don't know how good he is, but that's really all it is. It's, it's boring, stupid reasons of. Money and who else? Like, it's it sucks. But okay. until they trade for Manny Machado and move, uh, Jose Ramirez to yeah, move Jose to second base and also get Zach Britton in that deal. Like, what what else? What else do we have? You know, like what what is the other answer there? I guess get, call up Yandy Diaz. Maybe I don't know. He had a home run the other day. And that's the fortunate part is that's the answer, and it's just not happening for some reason. It's call up Yandy Diaz. Um, Peg Gamble, she asked. It's kind of an easy question. When will, when will we trade? Why do you think they're not calling up Yandy Diaz? Do you, do you just think it's a polish thing or like a? I mean, at this point, there's no more polish he can do, <laughs> unless they just really don't want to get rid of Jason Kipnis. There's no other reason because if he comes up, he has to play third base, and you have to move 
Jose yeah. over. But I, I guess they just like the idea of Gonzalez being in the outfield and or not in the outfield, but playing everywhere and Kipnis at second because he's quote unquote Tito's guy. So I don't know. I don't think he's going anywhere until Kipnis. I don't think he's going to be able to bump Kipnis out unless. Jason's just absolutely awful for the longest time. And even then, I think Gonzalez would end up going to second first. Yeah. I just don't think they're going to rearrange their order, even though they probably should. And it's just but. hard. It's still so hard to get a read on Kidmas because he's, you know, he was just hurt all last year. And, like, he's, again, you look at his peripherals now, too. They're just, his peripherals tell us that he he's bound to swing back, yeah. I guess, too. Yeah. And also, so. I mean, like, Chris Davies on our site, he wrote that, uh, I mean, what he's swinging back to is not exactly. He's had a good couple stretches, but he's not like a perennial all-star or anything. So maybe it's not even worth waiting to find out what it'll turn into. Right. It and might I just mean, be if, better to use Yanni Diaz now. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if he turns into an above, yeah. I mean, what, what do we want? A, a 110, 115 WRC plus, the 20 home runs, a 270 batting average. Like, that'd be great. And again, players like that win you championships. Yeah. You have but four that, of those, and you have the three guys that they have at the top of the lineup. Like, <laughs> there you go. That's a hell of a lineup right there, but... Anyway, it's, it's just again the, the the Tito's guys thing. I think I, I, I wonder about it. I just I, I I've mentioned that in articles too. I I, I don't actually like to put that much credence in it because it seems a little ridiculous. I mean, does it, just, not, it's I don't think it has to be super cynical. It's just that he has the guys that he likes. Right, and he knows exactly. That's, he's even said before, like if you give up on the veterans too soon, you don't get the good out of them. And I think that's he kind of rides that a little too far sometimes. And all, and also too, if you don't give up on the veterans and the young guys, see that too, and then it just puts pressure on them, yeah. and then. I don't know, you know, again, he's he's good at managing personality, so that's why that's why he is as great right. as he is. So I don't know. Anyway. Uh, and Peg Gamble. So her her question is when will we trade Cody Allen? That's that's never. That's a simple question. <laughs> but I kinda wanna spin that into a better question. Sorry, Peg. Thanks for the question. Is um you, I mean, what is with everybody giving up are you giving up on Cody Allen? I mean, Believeland Ball, as much as I like them, they wrote something like, Should Cody Allen be removed from the closer spot now? I read that article. It, was, it didn't have anything in it because <laughs> I was writing. I'm writing about Cody Allen right now, and I was like, "Well, I, I hope I'm not just chopping their style." I read. It, I was like, "Oh, never mind. We're good." I used to write for that website. Yeah, there's. I don't know. It's literally a lot of short, quick stuff now. I guess, which is fine, but yeah, that's another fine. story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, everybody's like giving up on Cody Allen for no real reason. It's it's not his fault. He's still good. He's kind of like the new Brian Shaw, but he's he's better than Brian Shaw. Oh, Brian Shaw's gone. Um, and the. <laughs> The rule is the, the most used non-Andrew Miller reliever must get shit on. So I guess that's going to be Cody Allen now, who has been, in no small ways, excellent for the last, what, five years. I, I'm just looking at his numbers today. He is, in so many in so many different metrics over the last four years, a top ten reliever. It's just that he's not Kenley Jansen or Craig Kimbrell or uh, insert other just truly elite guy here. He's just one, you know, Andrew Miller, obviously. He's just one step below them. He's still great and... I guess the real question there is, if you give up, if you give up on it on Cody Allen, then what? Like, that, that, that's always the question. The why? When are we gonna quit on this? What is your What is your solution? Obviously, my solution for getting rid of Jason Kipnis is trade for Manny Machado. Obviously, easy. But I don't know. That's all. Yeah, it's there's there's nothing left. It's it's <laughs> he's like he's good for so long. He's just carrying the entire bullpen right now. So. Yeah. What do you want him to do? The cupboard is bare, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, yeah, we could, <laughs> we could, we, we could trade. I don't even know. I don't even know what it would cost to get half a season Manny Machado and a, a, a still injured Zach Britton. Probably okay. less than Francisco Mejia, right? 
I get the idea you want the Indians to trade for Manny Machado. Is this a is this a thing? It's an it's a thing. <laughs> I don't know. Who, who no, else? I, think, I, I mean, that's like know. the big. If they come, don't come away with Machado, Machado and um, Britain at the deadline, that's kind of a disappointment. I mean, I'm completely with you, but <laughs> or or something. You know, like I'm sure that the A's have a good reliever that I just haven't noticed because they're the A's, or obviously the Brad Hand thing. But yeah. you know, I don't know. It's just what do you do? You can't just cut everyone. You have this problem. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> I hate this because they're in first place, and, I just, and the teams get like I'm. I'm having the least amount of fun as I have in, in I years know. watching this team. <laughs> I, I mean, to it's be rid- fair, if they were any other division, they wouldn't be in first place. This would be no. a pretty middling team, but right. No, of course, yeah, but still, it's just <laughs> this feels like being a Cavs fan because the the regular season is just worthless. The team is <sighs> kind of in between. We don't know if they're going to hit that switch though in in the playoffs, but. <sighs> The bullpen was so useful for the for, for the switch hitting, though. <laughs> and I'm glad it's not just me that it, it's the season is just weirdly boring. There's a couple exciting uh, games, but they're just so they're not bad and they're not great. It's really weird. Well, the pitching is so the starting pitching is so awesome too. Is right. the thing like it's just it's so awesome to watch seven, six innings or so of, of every game. Well, like, when that gets shredded by a bullpen, it's not so fun anymore. <laughs> Gut wrenching, man. Every time, like I can't remember who said it on Twitter, but the the number one way to ruin a season is a bad bullpen. It just oh yeah, I think that was great. A, a gut punch every three nights, like that's just not a way to live, man. That's yeah. Like ugh. April, April was rough because we didn't have any offense, but that was it. Didn't seem quite as bad. It just felt like a bad team. But when you have a great team that just gets wrecked every night by a bullpen, it's it's a different ugh. level. And I hate that every podcast turns into this, too. I want to talk about something good, but the only thing I think about is the bullpen. So let's end it on this one to talk about. Um, at Lover of Cats, he wants to know, who is the best radio guy in MLB, and why is it Tom Hamilton? I also love cats. My cat's right behind me, aren't you, Farrah? Yeah. Do you love Tom Hamilton? Is that a true statement that Tom Hamilton is the best radio guy? Um... Oh yeah, the guy. I think the guy in uh, St. Louis uh, retired anyway. So yeah, I think so. <laughs> Dave, um, what was his name? Niehaus. No, not Dave Niehaus. Really? Isn't he dead? Oh, he's dead a long time ago. Yeah, a few years. Yeah. Ago. Uh, no, St. Louis. Um, Mike Shannon. That's who it was. Well, that's a good Dave. Dave Mike yes. Shannon. Dave Mike Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if you ever get a chance to listen to Mike Shannon on the radio, it's the best. He's just <laughs> may or may not be somewhat inebriated. Those those are the best ones. I mean, yeah. but no, Hamilton's a god. Obviously, he's yeah. I feel like every time I've tuned in, though, it's been a night off for him or something like that. Only <laughs> to get rosy. Yeah, so I just get rosy for nine innings, which is fine. Yeah. I think he's an underrated announcer, quite honestly. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah. He just his he lacks a certain high register, I guess, in terms of excitement. He find <laughs> he's just walking away from the mic. He goes, "It's gone." Yeah, people bring up that his worst part is when he tries to get he tries to rev up his voice. Right, exactly. It's, I mean, yeah. he he'd be perfect like forty years ago when when announcers did not do that yeah. when they just told you the facts of what was going on <laughs> right then and there and like. Shannon does that, you know, like or did that in uh in St. Louis or um Marty Brenneman does that somewhat in in uh Cincinnati now. Yeah. I think the Padres have a pretty good radio guy. That's the kind of team that has just a guy who's been there for 45 years and no one knows who it is. Yeah, it's Dick something. Dick Enberg? Um 
Is that his name? Is it Dick Enberg? I think or used to be. Yeah, he's fun. Or maybe he retired or something like that. But there are some guys who like I just like their voice, but they're kind of not great. Who's right. the one oh. site where they had it was like a it's Fire Joe Morgan. Oh, Fire Joe Morgan, yeah. His voice is like my favorite in baseball, but I don't want to listen to him. Or, or <laughs> yeah, or John John Miller is still around. He's he's mm-hmm. he's real good. Nice to listen to for the uh, the Giants. Yeah. Um, I think one of the guys who does TV for the Giants, his brother does TV for the A's. It's really weird. The Kuiper, Dwayne Kuiper, Mel Kuiper, something like that. Mel Kuiper. Dwayne Kuyper. Um, yeah. Dwayne Kuyper was an Indians player. That's what you're thinking of. Was he? Yeah. No, but I think he also does radio. Oh, Maybe he? he doesn't. Some Kuyper does. I don't know. Maybe Mel Kuyper. Mel this Kuyper is, is a draft analysis for football. This is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the big hair. The weird one, yeah. <laughs> Why is that name in my head? We're going to say it over and over until I remember That's the only Kuyper, so that's the only one that goes. But as Mel. far as Tom, I think... I don't like listening to him for a full game. I don't like listening to radio for a full game anyway. I don't know. I like watching and having somebody describing matching the TV. I don't know, I guess sure, sure. Picky, no, but, no, exactly. And but I think yeah, like, yeah. dishes or something. Yeah, but Tom has a great like highlight voice, and he has a great in stadium voice. Because I mean, I haven't been to a ton of games, but it's really cool walking through Progressive Field and the tunnels and hearing Tom yelling at the top of his lungs. Mm-hmm. That's always one of my favorite experiences at Progressive Field. So I don't listen to him like regularly, and I don't think I could stay in listening to him. Listening to what do you want to call that? The like in between the big calls is just it's just his, his, his play, play, play. Just casual play by play. Yeah, I, I like I his can, casual talk. Yeah, he, he he has nice little quirks. Yeah, we're underway in the yeah. corner of Carnegie in Ontario, and I learned how to, how they they pronounce Carnegie apparently differently there. Yeah, so. no, all that stuff is great. Like, is all I guess it's not even his play by play. It's just his, in between his theatrics. His there you go. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not theatrics. Well, <laughs> his 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 stray thoughts that he says. I don't know. This is general yeah, thoughts on things. I'm he not definitely really has in. opinions I disagree with. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> he's yeah. very he's very old school in, in 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 his thinking when it comes to baseball in so many different ways. Yeah. And for a long time there, like when that little run there, the Royals had. Man, he really liked the Royals. <laughs> yes, Eric Hosmer it, was his favorite. It really came through very obviously, and it was a little frustrating <laughs> because like the Indians are like fighting for their lives against this team, and like. Just the praise was effusive. Effusive? And, effusive. I don't know. And, and the praise was also because they were like old school. Again, right. it's just because he's such an old school guy and it's kind of annoying to listen to. But but as far as being like in the stadium, I can't think of anybody who would like, rather listen to walking through. No. And just like going in the halls. It's great. But I still think Rosie's very underrated. Great, oh, he's yeah. a great play-by-play guy, just as long as nothing interesting happens. <laughs> I always say for, for Rosie, there's a – so like Google Chef John on YouTube. I will. There's this guy who does cooking videos, and he sounds exactly like Rosie when he gets excited. It's really shocking, but Jim Rosenhaus looks like Jim Rosenhaus sounds too. <laughs> yes, that's right. This seems so nice. I'd love to meet him. Of the two of them, I'd yeah. love to meet Rosenhaus more. I think. Oh, I would not want to meet Tom Hamilton whatsoever. No, he'd probably be mean to me. <laughs> Even if he doesn't mean it, he just seems like a guy who just does his own thing, and he's not going to want to talk to you for any reason. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I remember I tried to uh, email him a couple times. You be on one of my, the many podcasts I did. Yeah. No response. I I took I took personal offense to that. Jim Rosenhaus has a bunch of podcasts, though. I think. I mean, he has his yeah. own, but I think he goes and guests on them too. Does he really? I, mean, yeah. I, should, I should listen to that one. Yeah, which one? All I wanted to do was let him talk. To tell you, he was he was on some other one. It was just like another blog who had a podcast like we do. So, oh, yeah? he's, he's happy to go talk to people. Yeah. 
Mm, that's fun. Um, and I think the Indians, just all around, other than one particular former pitcher who <laughs> who is on before and after games, I think they have a really underrated TV crew. I, I like, I mean, they're not always <laughs> the most intelligent comments, but I like Underwood and Manning together. Oh, I, mean, I love them. They're fantastic. Yeah, they're just so dang <laughs> They goofy. are. They're uh, they're terrible. <laughs> I love them. Like I think Matt Underwood I, I, is legitimately good, and I think Rick Manning is pretty bad. But together they work. <laughs> uh, Underwood gets lost sometimes, and you're like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> oh, there's multiple times. Like my favorite thing is still the hot pockets. Do you remember that? No. So they were they had like their hands like well they keep them warm, and he just randomly went hot pockets, and then there was a 20 second silence before somebody said anything. I recorded it and. <laughs> like a little timer on the video and then post it on Twitter. That was, I got to send you that. That was my favorite moment from him. Excuse me. And the saddest was in 2017. I think it was like the first game when the Indians won. Mm-hmm. He was like, the Indians win the wor- the game. That's good. <laughs> like he was just about to say World Series. So. He wanted to so badly. I know. <laughs> that was heartbreaking. They're crazy. So I don't know. Yeah. I think Underwood, I think, is legitimately good, if not a little weird sometimes, but. Rick Manning is exactly as you expect a man, a man like Rick Manning to be <laughs> in every way. He was saying something today, just it was so basic. And he's like, "Well, you know, there you go. You get an out. You got an out." <laughs> what? That was a great Rick Manning impression. I could hear it. <laughs> there you go. It's, there, there you go. That is the go-to Rick Manning statement. <laughs> there you go. There you go. What's the other one he always says? I don't know. Or well, it's, you know, or well, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, Merritt, that's our podcast. Been a good one. It's been a good one. We got it figured out. You didn't sound like you're underwater. I wasn't a robot. Good, good combination. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week. Talk to you next week, Merritt. I'll be here.